Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the rightleftchronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins. Coming to you from that once forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy. Welcome to episode 10 of Dueling Dialogues. I'm Connor Murphy in the smoky islands of British Columbia. And all the way out in the chilly Springfield, Missouri air is Grace Matthews. How are you doing today, Grace? I'm great. Thanks, Connor. How are you? Doing good. You know, it's pretty smoky here. Kind of hurts the throat. So if you hear coughing in the background, that's just me. I feel for you. I saw it on the news this morning. And uh, you guys have got the heat and the fires. Yeah, somewhat like, uh, you know, being near too near a campfire constantly. Oh, gosh, that's terrible. How was your long weekend? It was great. Great Labor Day weekend. Feel very blessed that I had a couple of good days off. Took a little trip down to Oklahoma, and it was it was nice. Good, good to hear. Yeah, I had a good one too as well. I got a couple Great. questions for you. Mm-hmm. This is episode ten. So, what do you think of the podcast so far? I like it, and we're learning a lot. I, th- I think we're getting better all the time, and we're certainly gaining listeners and. We're gaining exposure. The past few days, we've gained a lot of exposure. Yes, it was a good weekend for good news, definitely, with the acceptance letters coming from Google Play Music and iTunes. Also, TuneIn and Stitcher. And, of course, we're on YouTube and uh, SoundCloud as well. So we're and you there. can't forget the RightLeftChronicles.com. You bet. RightLeftChronicles.com. Where we have a lot of our articles, too. And you can also get the video version or the audio version, depending on what your choice is. That's correct. So we're progressing quite well. Exactly. Now, you sent me some stuff yesterday that was really interesting. I And we're, we're going to talk about that today. It's, I've dubbed it the Dakalaka Ding Dong. Absolutely. Daka refers... To the Deferred Action for Childhood um, Arrivals. We're going to call them dreamers. A couple of hours ago, the President of the United States sent out a a message over Instagram. He states, in effect, I am not going to just cut DACA off, but rather provide a window of opportunity for Congress to finally act. As I said before, we will resolve the DACA issue with heart and compassion, but through the lawful democratic process, while at the same time ensuring that any immigration reform we adopt provides enduring benefits for the American citizens we were elected to serve. We must also have heart and compassion for unemployed, struggling, and forgotten Americans. President Trump. Okay, so 
if I get this correct, you're saying that media has been spinning this as a negative towards Trump. Absolutely. And this was an, it's not even a bill. It was an executive order written by President Obama with an expiration date of September 5th, 2017. It was already ruled unconstitutional. Nevertheless, he did find a loophole to extend it until yesterday. So Trump did not actually rescind it. It expired yesterday. Now, I see. For at least two years of his presidency, Obama had control of the Senate and the Congress. Had the Dreamers been this important to them then, they would have made permanent legislation. So I'll go on to the editorial because it's all getting confusing and there's a lot of messaging out there. Yeah, definitely. I'm sitting here quiet because I don't even know what to say because everything we get here in Canada and, you know, is pointing towards Trump. Well, and and like I said, there's so many mixed messages out there. You know, what are we supposed to be? How are we supposed to be? Because nobody wants to insult anyone. Right. Or at least most of us don't. Um, Last evening, I sat watching television. It wasn't long until the mixed messages actually began to induce an irritating headache. I was being inundated by news with video of protesters upset with the president's decision to rescind DACA. Clearly, these people protesting advocate for a race, cultural, religious, and origin of anonymity. They want us all to eventually become one. You know, our DNA to be so mixed up that we are one people. Now, picture this. Pause that video of these protesters wanting anonymity as far as culture, race, origin. And then in the same show, we're inundated by advertisers encouraging all of us to get our DNA tested so that we can be a more a part of who we were really meant to be and perhaps even discover some blood relatives that don't want to be found, pose a danger, or perhaps we would soon wish we never knew. Oddly enough, it feels like the same two polar messages from the same group. The U.S. Census Bureau estimates that there are 12 million illegals currently living in the United States. The same bureau estimates the current rate of immigrant flow across the border will increase our population from the current 325 million to more than 500 million. Do we have the resources for this kind of population increase? That's certainly something to think about. But to me, DACA is an altogether different issue. DACA, 
has come to reference a group of individuals brought to the United States illegally as children by their undocumented parents. Unlike so-called anchor babies born in the United States with the benefit of full citizenship, Dreamers do not have automatic citizenship. This group is estimated to account for about 780,000 people. The average age group for Dreamer is 15 to 36, with um, most of them being around 25 years old. These are not babies. For the most part, Dreamers are law-abiding, educated, or working individuals that identify with no other country but the United States. It is hard to argue that these young people are anything but Americans. Nonetheless, we are a nation of laws, and the current legislation does not, nor has it ever, legally recognized these fine individuals as anything but illegal. Don't kid yourself, Obama and his Congress and Senate did not bother to make these vul this vulnerable group legal citizens. Yet, when the camera turns towards them, they accuse Trump of being a cold man with white supremacist le leanings. To these accusations, it, it's absurd. The DACA was temporary. It was a temporary stay signed by Obama and it expired, like I said earlier, September 5th, 2017, and was previously ruled unconstitutional in a court of law in Texas and ended as a tied decision in the United States Supreme Court, which means it reverted back, the decision reverted back to the lower courts, which would have been the Texas court. So why in the hell does the media, and to a certain extent, the American voters, let these politicians manipulate and lie their way to a self-imposed supremacy based on a glass house of falsehood. The Obama administration knew DACA was going to implode. In fact, the entire Congress and Senate, Democrats and Republicans alike, knew DACA would expire, and yet the self-righteous jerks didn't do a thing about it. George W. Bush tried to, but couldn't get the lazy numbskulls to pass a proper piece of legislation. I'm sure dreamers are scared senseless. Their entire future rests in the control of a governmental body that rarely shows up to work and never reaches an agreement on anything that affects the masses. I give the examples of health care and tax cuts. It's heartbreaking for the dreamers, but we need a comprehensive immigration bill as a rule of law. And I can't stress enough, dreamers are different and should be treated separately from the larger illegal immigrant population. The lack of appropriate legislation primarily hurts two groups, naturalized American citizens and dreamers, two groups of people that receive empathetic rhetoric day after day from politicians in front of cameras. As you all know, the caring stops when the cameras go black. Yeah, this 
is a problem that's not going to go away. And it definitely is going to have waves that echo through the entire world. Absolutely. And 800,000 people that have lived their whole life, their whole adult life, for the ones that are adults, in a, in a country that is home to them. These are different than the people that come over illegally. These children did not have a choice. I mean, we as children and our children, they trust their parents. They have no choice but to trust their parents. For the most part, they're educated. For the ones that have filed for the extension, they have gone through criminal background checks. Um, they're working. Most of them, unlike um, the average illegal population, they probably are not on any kind of public assistance. They may or may not have had uh, government assistance to go to college. But like I said, the average age is 25. The oldest of the dreamers is now th are now 36 year old. They're for the most part working. Right. But we're not hearing that in the media. We're we're no, getting we're a completely different picture painted uh, for us. And so I did some digging the last few days, and and I can definitely see a pattern happening where media is also becoming more propaganda than than anything else. And it goes further than just DACA. This goes further and deeper into immigration. And this is a problem that is not going to, to go away. No, it's not. And, and I really do not believe the Congress and the Senate will pass the bill. I wish I could believe them. There is a deeper problem there. And, and most of the people that are running from the U.S. right now are hearing just what media is telling them and they're not looking deeper into it. Like you said, when, when somebody comes here and a child is born here, these dreamers, it doesn't necessarily give them uh, citizenship automatically. They are essentially a living human being without a country. Exactly. Because if they were to go home to their country of origin or their parents' origin, they, they wouldn't know. In some places, they don't even know the language very well. Exactly. It's, it's a very difficult problem. But to add to your thoughts about the media and about the media scaring these individuals, if these people this group of 800,000 people will reapply by October 5th for DACA status. They're given two years. Now, the Congress has six months to pass a permanent piece of legislation that I, th I think many people on both sides of the aisle believe they should be given permanent citizenship or at least a path to permanent citizenship. But regardless, if they fill out their paperwork with the proper authorities, the president is giving them two years. 
Now you care two years, two years to find a path to citizenship. He is not deporting them. And that is, that is exactly what the mainstream media is reporting that he is de- preparing to deport these people. He doesn't want to deport them. First of all, it's not that great for the economy because these are not the uneducated uh, working class. Okay, most of these people are already in a registration database because they're part of DACA. You can't be part of DACA and not be in a database because that was what Obama, that was one of the first criteria that must have been, that had to be met. You had to fill out this paperwork, you know, stating, I guess, when you came to the country, um, you know, that your parents brought you and you had to have a criminal background check and then all this information about your education and your career path was collected. So we know that this is a, what some believe is a highly technical group. So you've had the likes of Google and um, Microsoft come out and, and complain that they have a lot of DACA people working for them. And they certainly don't want them to be deported. Nobody's deporting them. You know, if anybody set them up for deportation, it was the Obama administration. It simply expired. And because the court had already ruled, President Trump could not re-administer an executive order. He would be knowingly breaking the law. And besides, we know there's a double standard. What Obama could get by with breaking the law in this situation, do you think Trump would get by with that? No way in hell would he get by with it. Whereas Obama, pat him on the back, he did something great. Right. You know, because he was acting upon emotion versus law. You think Trump would get that line? Now, I also heard Charles Hurt bring up a really interesting point. Charles Hurt writes for the Washington Post, I believe. No, excuse me, Washington Times. And he said, you know, all of these issues, Obamacare, DACA, and for the most part, tax cuts, have given these guys a platform to be elected. He said, if they come in and take care of all these issues, what are they going to campaign on? Because the lack of resolution has gotten these guys elected over and over and over again, not just one cycle. I mean, you've had tax cuts. We haven't had the tax code fixed for more than 30 years. But it's Trump's problem now. Exactly. The Obama care was imploding before Obama left office. In fact, there are tapes of some of his people discussing the fact that it was never going to work in the first place. Now, do you want to hear what uh, and how it affects us here in Canada? Yes, I would. Okay. Combine the news of DACA and the media um, misunderstandings 
uh, and the propaganda put out by media, uh, this is, is where things actually are and, and what's actually happening in Canada. When you combine DACA with the travel plan, it's driving people that are scared across the border. I don't know. We'll have to check if these some of these people are, are through DACA or not. They would be crazy not to stay there and apply because uh, this is the reality of what's happening. Now, picture this. Uh, do, you, do you remember the movie Crossroads? Yes. The country, Crossroads, nice country uh, kind of setting, and a, a cab pulls up and, he, and Ralph Macchio gets out in the middle of nowhere. Now, that pretty much describes Roxham Road, where Quebec province and New York state meet. And it's a road, country road, with a ditch. On the road stands the RCMP. On the other side of the ditch, you are in the United States. So it's not new that people enter at this location. The RCMP usually have somebody stationed there all the time. And even prior to Trump taking office, as many as 30 people would cross the border a day. So this is what happens. A person walks up, the RCMP shout across the ditch and warn them if they don't cross at a, at a checkpoint, they will be arrested. They don't listen. They cross the ditch and they get arrested. They get taken to a tent camp where processing begins and likely they'll end up in Olympic Stadium in Montreal. Most of them say that they're, they're heading for Ontario. There are some numbers. Now, what we were hearing a lot on social media here in, in Canada was that a lot of these were Muslims. And there appears to be a little, little uh, evidence that it, these are actually, uh, you know, very many Muslims in this bunch. Most are from Haiti. About 70% are from Haiti. And they are claiming... Or they claim refugee status or are trying to get it. Now, in past, I think about 78% were, were actually turned down uh, because they're not under any immediate danger um, if they return back home. So there are a, a, there, those people aren't really being counted um, as, as in refugee status because their status is still pending. So basically what happens is cabs uh, arrive and drop people off and uh, uh, they keep coming. Uh, in one hour, three taxis, a minivan and a shuttle bus arrived. So there's actually a thriving business in New York State where you just drive immigrants or refugee claimants to the Canadian border and drop them off. Oh my as, goodness. <laughs> as many as 700 people, they say, have crossed in, you know, a one or two day period. Now, estimates on how many people and because there's so many labels they're putting on these people like refugees or just, you know, immigrant claimants, uh, whatever the case, they're, they're not being classified all as, as one group. And estimates, estimates say that there is uh, 150 to, to about 300 people a day uh, coming across into the Canadian border um, through that Roxham Road. Oh my goodness. That's shocking. And how long has that been going on? You mean since Trump took office? Yes. 
Yes, it's mm-hmm. escalated since Trump. Is, basically, when Trump put out his travel ban is when the real influx started. Now, uh, all the border officials in the RCMP, they, they have gag orders. They can't talk about anything. So most of the information I am finding has sort of been, you know, uh, the sources have been hidden because of the gag orders. Interesting. But 70%, they say, are Haitians. And according to the pictures I found, that's kind of what I would guess as the, the population or where they're coming from. The others are from different places in, in Africa, some from Syria. But the Syrians are being handled kind of differently, um, with Trudeau having a direct, basically a direct order telling, you know, for, for Syrians alone. And just this year alone... I think we're up to 40,000, over 40,000 refugees just under Syria that we've accepted into the country. Wow. That's a lot. So most of these aren't being counted or processed in the same uh, fashion as, as these other people that are crossing the borders. Now, we talked about, in previous podcasts, we talked about the, the third, safe third country agreement. Right. That was put into effect uh, to stop something called the Buffalo Shuffle, where basically these people come across the border and they get put into uh, limbo for a certain period of time while they're being processed. And, you know, just before there's any kind of decision, they skip the border and do the same thing on the other side. So they they were playing both our countries and doing this little game. So that's where the safe third country agreement came into is to put a stop to the Buffalo shuffle. So it wouldn't be surprising at all that we see some new, you know, agreement between Canada and the U S coming in the near future to stop what they're calling now the rocks and road run. Oh, absolutely. Now, are there many Hispanic people? Fleeing the United States for Canada? No. I'm I'm just curious. Here's why. Back in the 90s, we kind of had to handle Mexico on a a separate issue because of the the drug wars and cartels. So there was actual some refugees, but very few claimants that were were allowed through or their status was approved. Uh, But recently, we don't require visas for Mexican people. It's agreement with... between us and the people of Mexico or the country of Mexico. So, yeah. And and you know what? There's hardly been any claimants for that. I think uh, what I found was under a hundred thus far since, since the law came into effect. So I, yeah, they, I I don't think they like our cold weather, but you know, some people have taken advantage of that and, and been able to, I know some of them actually, the people that grew up in, in Mexico with all their lives and they're, they're living here now. So. Wow. Do you have much trafficking from Mexico as far as drugs go in Canada? We have a re- lot here. I really wouldn't know. I mean, there's definitely a drug trade no matter where, but, uh, that, the Mexicans know it. I, I would guess that it's more coming from Americans. I know that there has been tunnels and stuff in in uh, the lower mainland between you know the Greater Vancouver area kind of thing and and Washington State. 
So they have found tunnels. So you you know that there is a drug trade going on there. Exactly. But you don't know exactly who is responsible. Now, you said Olympic Stadium. They were taking them ultimately to Olympic Stadium for processing. Is Olympic Stadium covered? I mean... Yes. Okay. And so they have like cubicles, cots, beds there while they're being processed or is processing a fast thing and they're sent to tent city from processing or there's very little information because of the gag order. Okay. Okay. So, and, and then really the, the people that are reporting it in the media, they're, they're not, of course, they're not giving up their sources. So you, you just don't, I, I don't trust anything I read. I take it, you know, as a grain of salt. Sure. You don't, you all do not have the leaking problem we have here. That's for sure. Well, we're, we're definitely going to, uh, need to revisit this cause this isn't going away anytime soon. Uh, the first six months, we've had eight, over 18,000 in it, and it basically just continues uh, to, you know, the tap keeps turning further, and we've get, we're getting more and more traffic across that border. Well, the way I look at it, even if you're generally supportive of undocumented immigrants and want them to have am- amnesty, you surely are not an advocate of border drug trafficking, human trafficking, and terrorism. A good piece of um, immigration legislation should save dreamers from deportation, curtail drug and human border trafficking, and greatly minimize terrorism. So there is going to be a part two to this, and we're going to take up more about immigration about the laws, about the numbers, as it relates to the greater problem with illegal immigration. I do have some global stats, actually, if you'd like to hear those. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So, you know, as much as we are bringing up the problem between our border, or should I say the ditch, the Roxham ditch, um, And they've got a fence there now, apparently that, and and some Quebec community was nice enough to build an actual like fill in part of the ditch so that the elderly and the pregnant women and that still continues to happen. We mentioned that earlier about a, a problem with the the dreamers and it, and that continues to happen. So most of that is just from hearsay that you know that they'll be accepted and and that's not actually the case everybody is being processed in the exact same fashion and i tried all the little search um items on on the canadian government website for immigration information and everything looks pretty legit it's just depending on how people are being classified is where they show up in the stats now globally between europe and and other places it's a much, much, much bigger problem. So here are some global stats according to one.org. And these stats, I think they published on Refugee Day back in June. So globally, there are at least 152 million in need of humanitarian aid. And that's basically larger than the population of the entire Russia. 
Well, it's half of our population in the United States. Exactly. So 115 million people lack basic health services, 94 million lack water and sanitation, and 34 million lack access to education. So addressing those needs, we'd need about $23.1 billion, and that's only about 30% funded. So of these 65 plus million people that have been forced uh, out of their homes, 60% of them are, are hosted in the world's most fragile states. So they're not in the right place where people can really help them. Oh, exactly. I mean, Greece is broke. Right. And they've got a tremendous population of refugees. Yep. The same with Italy. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. The problem goes much deeper. So there are about 18.8 million people in need of humanitarian assist, assistance in Yemen alone. Um, that's nearly the population of New York. And yeah, that was, that's really incredible. I had no idea Yemen had that many people, to tell you the truth. So there's 36 most fragile countries around the world, and that accounts for just 2.6% of global gross domestic product. But they host 71% of the world's population of internally displaced people. So they have no support, the majority. So the United States accounts for some 23% of the global GDP, but hosts just 1% of forcibly displaced people globally and around 4% of all refugees and asylum seekers. Now, similarly, Europe, union member states account for about 24% of the global GDP but host only 5% of forcibly displaced people globally and around 15% of all refugees and asylum seekers. South Sudan, the world's most fragile country, hosts 219 displaced people for every 1,000 of its inhabitants. By comparison, UK, Canada, and Australia each host only 3 for every 1,000 of their inhabitants. So those are just some staggering, staggering numbers. It is, but I wonder, and, and this does not justify it in any mean, by any means, but the countries that can protect themselves, better borders, perhaps because they're better equipped, shield themselves from these immigrants and refugees. Yeah, I think Whereas, some of it is distance, too. We're, yeah, we're, a lot, well, we're across the, the, the world from them. We are, but... Also, some of these countries, I mean, they're just, they're just trying to keep their heads above water. I mean, they can't take care of themselves. They can't police their borders. They can't police the refugees. I mean, it's, it's almost like a free-for-all. So almost by default, they have these numbers of people. And probably, you know, they can't feed them their own people. Does that mean that other countries should open up their borders more? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, for example, in Syria, we should make a green zone for the people of Syria to live in Syria because there's an awful lot of Syrians that didn't want to leave their home. Exactly. They were forced from their home. And that's the case in most of these stats. It's, it's forced from home. So we definitely agree on that. We do. And we don't always agree. But life's a journey. Godspeed, Connor. Godspeed, my friends. Godspeed, Grace. And thanks for listening.
Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the right leftchronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins.